0: So some people might ask, why would you want to record something that isn't professional as a psychologist? You have all this knowledge, you have been in the profession for a long time, uh, why wouldn't you just share your knowledge with people? And the answer to that is that a lot of therapists right now are doing professional podcasts, newsletters, talks, whatever. And they're basically becoming very common. They're like a dime a dozen nowadays. And it's just sort of like therapy in a different format. Many of my colleagues are very professional. they they're poised. they use all the appropriate language. and uh, I could do that, but I think everybody would be bored to death. And so my idea, would be to just kind of tell it like it is, what it's like to be a licensed psychologist in private practice, and what it's really like to be there, to interact with colleagues, to interact with clients, and to also have all this other stuff on your mind. Uh, We are, as a profession, not really allowed to disclose too much about ourselves when we're in therapy, and so we don't. We're always thinking about the impact of anything we say, really, on clients, and we're always kind of worried because you'd be surprised at, at what upsets people, what offends people, and so something very simple, you know, it's like at the beginning of a session, you might meet with a client there's this sort of like you know just superficial chit chat that goes on at the beginning of any session before you start to get into the nitty-gritty of what's going on and you have to be careful even in those moments because anything you say could be construed as problematic in some way and i often just sort of say what's on my mind without thinking about it but if i compliment somebody if i say oh that's a beautiful blouse you have on and then I see them the next week and I don't say that. Then then the person starts to get insecure about like maybe their outfits aren't good enough. Or, you know, we always have to think about these little things in terms of any little anything we say, any chit-chat, anything we say is strategic in nature. It's meant to help the client along, it's meant to get them to think. And when you add anything extra into it, it becomes problematic. And so we are very good at being careful as a whole, you know, therapists as a profession. We are very good at being professional and holding things back and thinking about how it's going to impact the other person. And and so we do hold back a lot and I think what happens as a result of that is that People rightfully don't know us very well, and I don't think they should. I think we should maintain our professional being because it's about them, it's not about us. You know, we really should be sort of background players in a person's life who help them to kind of make their journey, make their decisions in their life, help them along. Where it's really not about. Us And so what ends up happening inevitably, though, is is clients sort of have an idea, uh, a picture of who you are. And, you know, and every once in a while, somebody will say you must have been raised wealthy or you must have been this way or that way. And it and it's interesting because it's it's a projection of what they think, but it's almost never right which is okay, but one thing that I find really funny is that a lot of times my clients will um, swear and then apologize for swearing, assuming that you know that's not the kind of language that I use. And it, it kind of always makes me laugh on the inside because it's like, I, I actually curse like a sailor, but they don't know that. So I think the reason that I came back to this was that people probably want to know what it's like to be a psychologist, because I know that they ask these questions all the time. One of the questions that everybody asks me too is, is, don't you take your work home with you? Isn't it difficult? You hear all these sad stories. Don't you have trouble with that? And the answer is No, I hear sad stories. I've been hearing them for 20, 30 years now. And it's, unfortunately, I've heard the same story many times, but also I take care of myself emotionally. And I think the people who, the therapists who take their work home with them are not really doing the work on themselves that they should be doing because you do have to have a life outside that you focus on and you do have to take care of yourself. And so one of the things that bothers me sometimes is, is hearing when we're sort of behind closed doors, I hear other therapists, other psychologists saying, Oh, I'm having such a hard time and I'm struggling and this and that. And I'm I'm really stressed and I don't know what to do. And when I hear a mental health professional say they don't know what to do about their own mental health, I just want to smack them in the face because it's like we are the professionals. If you don't know what to do under stressful circumstances, under sad circumstances, then what the hell are you doing as a professional? So it's and it's not to say that all the therapists need to be able to solve all their own problems and handle their own stress on their own. It's to say that, you know, all these people who are therapists around you and you don't know how to reach out or who to talk to. It really doesn't make any sense. The other thing is that when we're in sessions, where we're talking about whatever we know to be true about the theories of psychology, about the research behind psychology, the latest research, whatever the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders tells us, and that's the only frame of reference that we're really allowed to have. You know, I can't talk about any kind of astrology or uh, my spiritual beliefs and things because that's not psychology. That's personal stuff that's outside. And so the reality is, is that we, we are people who have a robust life just like everybody else. And we draw upon information from our experiences too. And so we have, I mean, movies, movies, help me look at the world in a different way, comedy, you know, there's all these different ways to look at the world that are beyond psychology. And so this is something, these are observations that I have that, that happen that are outside of the realm of psychology. So the point of this podcast really is to give people an understanding of what it's like to be a clinical psychologist and the honesty behind the uncensored psychologist who could tell you about the life experiences that they have had, the observations they make in everyday life, and just kind of pure honesty about the world and the world of mental health. And I think for people who are skeptical about going to therapy, that this might be helpful to understand. Um, there was this guy that when I was in undergrad, wasn't, he was a fellow psych major, and he was a complete asshole. I have no other way of describing this, but he was one of those people That would ask you a question and you would answer and then he would go Really? Is that really how you feel? Are you sure that's how you feel or are you just? Whatever and he would analyze Everything that everybody said every interaction and it was awful and that guy I feel like People worry that that's how all psychologists are. I mean, we get that all the time, right? Like when you meet somebody at a party and you tell them that you're a psychologist, you'll get some people who will say, oh, are you analyzing everything I say? The answer is actually, uh, I wasn't until you said that. So obviously you have an issue with psychology, psychologists or therapists in some way. But I think that that's it is that the general public probably expects psychologists to be like that jerk that was in the psych program where I went to school, you know, just constantly analyzing, trying to be superior, looking down upon And there are, there are psychologists like that. But I think if a psychologist or a therapist makes you feel that way, then I think you should hit the road and try to find somebody who's more real. And that's the other thing too, is that, you know, you have to feel like the professional is going to take care of you and, and your secrets are safe with them, but also that they're human. One of the things that, I found funny is that we follow some travel vloggers online and and they have episodes of them traveling all over the world, you know, for years. And the episodes they say that get the most hits are the ones in which something goes terribly wrong, where somebody gets injured, where plans get mixed up, where something just negative happens. And... And I've heard that from other podcasters as well, that it's the human factor that people need to feel like the person that is in front of them is human. And I think a lot of times psychologists don't appear to be human. And so hopefully this podcast will help to alleviate those fears. We are human, and you will hear me cursing, and I'm going to tell it like it is as much as possible. The other thing is that I have a lot of stupid theories based on stupid observations that I've made over time that, again, have nothing to do with psychology, but are there because I am a psychologist, right? But I remember having this conversation in in class when I was an undergrad, um, one of my professors asked us all why we decided to get into psychology. And someone said like to help people and, and his thing was like, well, why didn't you just become a nurse? (laughs) Right. And I have to kind of agree with him on that because I think the way that I came to psychology is because I have an investigative mind. I think that human beings are just weird and that is super interesting. We end up inevitably getting to help people, right? Unless you become a research psychologist and you're just sort of like asking people questions for a study. But for the most part, that's sort of an added bonus. But the part that I, the part of my brain that can't be, turned off is that part of me that wants to investigate, that wants to get to the bottom of things that when someone presents me with a set of symptoms, I absolutely want to figure out what the diagnosis is. And, you know, my favorite cases are the ones where somebody is sort of on the edge of a couple of different diagnoses. And that's fun for me. And then I get, I observe just sort of like weirdness in the world around me. Um, One of the things that I find weird is like people have their own theories of the world. Also their own stupid theories of the world. We all have them. And um, but then they'll present it like it's totally normal and totally accepted by all members of our society. And so I actually had someone say to me, uh, yeah, all men, Get married and have children with other women outside of their marriage, and and she was dead serious that that that's what happens with all men all the time, and and she believed that this was common knowledge. So that so it's interesting that happens a lot too in therapy where somebody will present uh, their view of the world and present it as if it's sort of common knowledge that all men do this, or all women do that, or all people are this way, don't you know? And it's it's really sometimes the most absurd theories I've ever heard. And what makes me laugh about it is that, that they don't even realize that it's their own version of the world, that it's not readily ac- accepted by everybody around them by the world around them. So I find that interesting too. I have things that I sort of want to call out mainly things with other mental health professionals in a general sense, right? It's like, I see a lot of mental health professionals sort of taking political stances on things. And it just kind of doesn't make sense for our, our profession. It's like we are, Supposed to be neutral. We are supposed to help everybody who walks through the door and if you have a bias that is getting in the way of you doing the work that you're meant to do, then you need to step aside or refer your client to somebody else. And so that happens sort of in private practice. But I also see these, you know, bigger organizations that I am part of just kind of making political declarations that have nothing to do with mental health whatsoever. And by the way, the fact that many large psychological organizations have come out and taken political stances is is mainly because of that fear of cancel culture you know that if we as a group tell everyone that we are not racist and we're open-minded and we're all for you know gay lesbian transgender whatever right that that um, we won't be canceled and I just think that isn't that sort of obvious? I mean, I'm not sure that we have to tell the public these things. I'm pretty sure that the public sees psychologists as sort of being open-minded people because of what we do for a living. So I think it's really sad that that's where we're at now, that when the microphone is given to the psychological organizations, they are saying the same things that every company in America is saying right now, not to get canceled instead of saying, okay, here's the mental health issue. That's prevalent right now. Like we're the experts. We're going to show you how to deal with this. Talk about stuff that's tough. And, and to say, to tell people, we have the answers. We have the ability to help you. We can help you through this very difficult time. I feel like we've lost something, if that's not what we're doing right now. I mean, politics become part of a therapeutic discussion, you know, inside a session. Um, just because any person who walks through your door has life experience that makes them feel a certain way about the issues of today. And you do have to be prepared to get people from both sides of the aisle or all sides of the aisle. And there was a podcast recently in which Joe Rogan was talking about how people really believe things on a spectrum, that not too many people are so black and white about everything. You know, they were talking in the podcast about the example of abortion, like not everybody is so either for or against it. They're not pro-life or pro-choice. It's like maybe they're pro-choice under certain circumstances. Maybe they're pro-life under certain circumstances. And I think that that's a more accurate portrayal of the general population is that most people really aren't super black and white about things. And that comes out in therapy a lot. It comes out where it's like you'll be, I'll be meeting with somebody and I'll think I know what side of the political spectrum they're on. And then they'll say something like, oh, you know, and obviously I can't stand people who run sheep farms or something like that. And you're like, wait, what? I didn't see that one coming at all. And so, you know, you can never really be too sure about what's sitting in front of you because you really never know what life experiences led people to what beliefs that they have. And really, you have to be in a position to just kind of take it in and understand from that particular person's perspective how they view the world. Because if you don't, you're not doing your job. And I think that this is a concern in today's political climate is there are a lot of assumptions made about clients walking through the door. I think I have heard way too many therapists tell me their particular um, political affiliation. And I just... It's okay if they're telling me I have a problem when they're telling their clients about it because that's another one of those things that if we're being professionals, we're keeping that stuff under wraps. It's really, again, not about us. It's about our ability to be open and handle whatever walks through our door. And this is what empathy is is that you can disagree with somebody, but you still understand how they arrived at the decisions they did in their life. You still understand by looking at their life experiences, how they arrived at their political affiliation. And when you truly have empathy, you understand the whole picture you understand everything about a person you get it you get why they feel the way they do why they might be biased in certain ways and not in others you get it because you know about their entire life that's what we do we have intimate knowledge of everything even i would say birth through today but even before then because one of the questions i always ask people is like were there any complications during your mom's pregnancy with you, were you a planned baby or not? What was the particular situation between your parents when your mom got pregnant? You know, because I think all of it from the moment of conception sort of has an impact on the rest of a person's life and where they are today when they walk through our doors so in the end, the whole point of this podcast is for me to be able to give you my absolutely jaded, biased opinion about mental health, but also about my observations of the world around me, as seen, you know, through my lens. My lens is that of somebody who has had a lot of years of training in psychology, um, a lot of years of Working in psychology, a lot of years of working with a, a whole bunch of different people and different problems in psychology. I don't even know what I haven't worked with. I don't know if there's any population that I haven't worked with in all my years. And I just want to be able to freely share that without being super f- professional, without having to edit my curse words without having to be nice without having to, um, maintain that professional stance. I just like to be able to speak freely and hopefully this will give people more of an insight into, um, what the world of mental health is really like. What are the issues that People are dealing with what are the issues that therapists see? What are the things that therapists feel? And I say psychologists in particular, because I am a psychologist, but I do also spend a lot of time with other therapists who are master's level people, uh, marriage and family therapists, licensed clinical social workers. Um, people that have other backgrounds, but also, um, do therapy. And by the way, there is a difference between us. We all have different levels of training. Um, many people might wonder what is the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist, Um, A psychologist is somebody who has a PhD, like your college professors. There are also PsyDs, which just means doctorate of psychology as opposed to doctorate of philosophy. And a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. And so the psychiatrist is the person that you would go to if you wanted um, to get medication for your mental health disorder. Whereas a psychologist is somebody you would go to, um, to, to possibly get psychological testing. We do do testing. They're all trained to do testing. That is psychologists are, and then research and therapy as well. And then that's the main difference. And I think a lot of people don't really know that. And so, and there's a lot more to talk about in terms of that, in terms of how therapy has evolved over time, why you would want to see a marriage and family therapist versus a psychologist, et cetera, et cetera, why you'd want to see a psychiatrist. And I actually, I am a believer in medication for some people. I definitely feel like there are some people that need to be medicated for the rest of their lives because they have something profoundly serious that they're dealing with. And medication is the only way to keep them from hurting themselves or hurting other people. So there is that. And I do think that people need anti-anxiety meds and antidepressants for periods of time in their lives. Of course, some people might need that forever. I don't know that everybody needs that forever. Um, and so I'll talk more about that kind of stuff because that does come up a lot too, where people ask me, you know, should I be on meds? Should I not be on meds? I'm on meds and they're not working out so well. Should I get off of them? So that's like a regular conversation that I have with people. But that's kind of like the key differences. Um, I am a psychologist. I have my doctorate in psychology. I do not prescribe medication. And I've just been doing therapy for a long time. And since the early 90s, mid 90s, I guess it is. And I'm here and I've got experience. And I am looking to help everybody kind of understand the world through my eyes and hopefully help you out, uh, get rid of some of the mystery behind therapy. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people who are scared to go to therapy and it takes a lot of courage to just pick up the phone and make that phone call. Nowadays it's usually like a text message or an email because it is really hard to to make that first move, to recognize that it's whatever you've been doing doesn't work. And so you are ready to look at alternatives. And so hopefully this will help with some of that too, is just to kind of understand that there's real stuff going on and um, hopefully this could help. So the whole point of this is to just kind of let you know that I am biased. I do have strong opinions. I am at times rude, but I'm always real. And I think it's time that people got the real deal from the perspective of somebody who sees the world through the lens of a psychologist,